0: Oh Jesus. Jill's calling me now. <laughs> uh, Sam do the song. <laughs>
1: Married
2: to the right.
3: It's like the Imperial March version of the song. <laughs> Cody, you can't cough while she's doing that because you're sharing a microphone.
2: That I mean, <laughs> cough literally had to happen. That, that was like... It could happen away. Also, are you keeping the married to Reich? Because he... <laughs> yep. Oh. Sorry about the that, cough, everybody. That was,
1: uh... The, the cough Welcome deserved to, to be there. To That's who? about how good it was. It's fine.
3: <laughs> Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake, with me are those couples Cody, Sam, Alex, and pretty soon Jill, and producer Terry is also here. This week, we're here to talk about The Faceless Ones, written by David Ellis and Malcolm Hulk, directed by Jerry Mill, aired April 8th through May the 13th, 1967. Before we dive into the episode, we first must visit everybody's favorite podcast segment, Cody's sixty-second plot synopsis. Audio mark
2: gets it. Go. Oh, hey. Okay. So I just got back. I assume we're talking about the plot synopsis. So I'm gonna do the same thing that this series did with the first three episodes and say absolutely fucking nothing for about thirty seconds. Okay, now that that's done, we're into that good <laughs> shit. It turns out there's an alien satellite floating above. Everybody, the aliens are stealing people because they need to re supply their population or something, save their race. So they're taking the young people. They're transforming the young people. But if that transformation stops before they steal the life, they turn into ooze. The doctor is super smart. He does super doctory things. He messes with some machines. He uses a little bit of leverage. He turns everything against the aliens. He turns the aliens on the aliens. He uh, he gets sent back to Earth. He solves the problem by making a deal with the aliens. So you got to solve it through a different means, and then um. Uh, the bye Ben is gone. and Polly. Bye.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> I have seven more seconds.
2: Uh, fucking Jamie is slapping cheeks. <laughs> time.
3: <laughs> slapping
2: cheeks? Clapping cheeks? There you go. I don't know. Maybe it's different uh, in Scotland.
3: Cody, what's upon a time... There was a magazine called Doctor Who Magazine. Oh, I know. They did a poll during the year of the 50th anniversary of this show. On that poll, there are 156 classic Doctor Who stories. Where do you think the faceless ones landed in that poll? I'll give you a hint. This DVD, this animation was not done yet. This was done in 2020, seven years later. So all we had was the two existing episodes... And some reconstructions. 18.
4: Sam?
1: 60.
4: Terry? 132.
0: Alex? 42.
3: Well, out of you very your very disparate answers (laughs) i believe sam is the winner it is 90 down 10 from the 35th anniversary don't know why don't know what changed we all did jake (laughs) cody in your synopsis you kind of shit on this but then you voted it or you said it would be number 19.
2: Uh, what about that? Uh, I didn't shit on this. I shit on whoever decided this needed to be a six-episode serial.
3: Oh, that would be the producer of the show, Innis Lloyd. Okay. <laughs> it was originally four parts.
2: Inis Lloyd, in the mail, LVP, coming at ya. First three episodes, Kobe that shit into the trash. Bet. I watched the first three episodes... And I was ready, I was ready to walk into a busy metro (laughs) in front of the heaviest truck that was going the fastest I could find, and then the last three episodes were straight fucking bangers. I should point out,
3: you and Sam did not watch the live-action stories, or episodes one and three, the links I provided for some illegal postings of Episodes 1 and 3 weren't working for you guys, so you watched just all animation for all six story, or episodes.
2: Yep, big head mode turned on.
3: I had to buy this on Amazon for everybody to watch, so color was the only option. I myself watched it on the Blu-ray. I watched it in black and white with the,
2: the for reals Episodes 1 and 3. Nice. The laser was in episode. No, that was episode four. Shoot, I want to know how they did the laser.
1: I want to know what the aliens look like.
2: Um, dudes with bad? like.
1: <laughs> I can about imagine. Like balaclavas <laughs> with
2: poorly cut cla- no, okay. eye-, eye holes.
3: They just look like people who are like really badly burned. Yep. Like, yeah. Like like shitty, like shitty burned people makeup from like eighties movies. Dope. And the laser, I had that in my fun facts, but basically that's something they added in the animation, like the actual visible laser. In the the episode, it was just like a spark on the floor that was moving towards them. So probably like some kind of gunpowder or something that was just like burning slowly towards them. Oh, I see.
1: The fact how no one can move, and the second the lasers destroyed, everyone can get up and walk away.
3: Right. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, because it was the laser making them (laughs) not not the paralyzed gun that shot them. And the guy
1: just leaves and is like, "Hmm, I know this wears off. (laughs) See ya."
3: I'll just set this laser up eleven feet (laughs) away and walk away. It
1: makes no sense.
3: When when did the first Bond movie come out? When did Doctor No come out? (laughs) Yeah, this is pretty Bondy. 62. Um Okay, so Terry, you voted that or you suggested that this would be very low on the anniversary poll. So uh what's up with that?
4: Uh I was going off of the idea that again, only having two episodes to watch and then audio, people probably would not have been able to follow. These
3: fucking nerds love the missing episodes, man. Oh. They love reconstructions, they love the audios. <laughs> they, They could build it in their head. I mean,
4: there was a period in time where, what was her name? Samantha was fighting a guy in the car parking lot. And all you heard was, uh, ah, uh, ah. (laughs) Yeah, but you can
3: imagine like a proper fucking fight.
4: Yeah, animation was It's always better in your head.
3: (laughs) And then also, like, we never really talk about them. But a lot of these stories had novelizations. And kids of this time... That were able to watch them on broadcast, they only ever got to see them once, but then they could get the novelizations later and read them and like like reimagine what they saw and make it so much cooler in their head than it actually was when it broadcast <laughs> oh. so may- maybe this one has just a fucking banger novelization. Some of them are really good, and they do get bumps on these polls because of that
4: yeah, otherwise, it was again, yeah, very hard for it to pick up. Right away. Um, but yeah, once it did start going and the doctor was able to catch on to what was happening. Um, it picked up really quick. I found it very interesting that Ben and Polly just disappeared from the story immediately. And it was just Jamie yeah. and Samantha. Um, so
3: we might as well address that right away. Ben and Polly leave in this story. This is their final story.
1: Were they here for like hardly any of the story at
3: all? Yeah, I think <laughs> so, only episode So their contracts two. expired. And it's kind of weird, because their contracts actually expire in episode 2 of the next story. But the, the producer just decided, hey, let's just write them out of this one. And then they also, they wanted to put in a person who could possibly replace them, be the next girl. They also have someone in the next story that could possibly be the next girl. And this girl was offered a year contract to be a companion and she turned them down why the girl the girl who played sam who we'll talk about more later super,
1: i super. did not miss ben and polly it was the uh, last episode <laughs> and i was like oh shoot yeah where were you
2: <laughs> This because jamie is yeah yes when
1: you have jamie you don't really miss the others
3: and later when we get to tweets, you'll see a theme of, like, this kind of being the the first story that kind of cements that Doctor and Jamie relationship. Like, I've already spoiled to you guys that Jamie is in it the entire second Doctor's run. And this is the first one where the two of them are together, like, the whole time and, like, hatching and scheming. And this is their relationship. And the writers see this and, like, you know, turn into it. Like, they they see that they've got something here.
2: I'm really excited for Jamie and Doctors Excellent Adventure. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh Alex, not your first time watching it? Nope.
0: Uh how how did it hit you this time? Um I think the first time I I just hit play and I didn't watch the live action, so I did this time and it was really good. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really like the
3: live-action ones. Um, You you guys won't know because you didn't watch them, but they actually shot at Gatwick Airport, um, the second biggest airport in London. Uh, The story was originally originally written for Heathrow, but uh, too expensive to shoot there. But like a proper on-location shooting. They had a bunch of B-roll of airplanes flying around, so a lot of cool stuff. I really wish we got the shot. That they animate of the ship flying like straight up yes. into space. I'd like to see what that, that looked like. That would fun. Alas, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Sam, it was
3: it was good. Jake, it is your turn to tell us what you thought.
1: Did I not, not already?
3: Well, Jill's so here. I don't now. think so. Oh, perfect. I went, I went to Cody, and then I went to Terry, and then I went to Alex, and. I'm no mathematician, but...
1: <laughs> um, I thought it was a... You know, I kind of agree with Cody. It was hard to start watching, but it really picked up at the end. And it had, like, a fun little twist. Yeah. That I did not see coming.
3: I don't know if it's because I already had seen this, so I knew what was coming. But I, like, was in right away this time watching it. I was... I really liked all six episodes. You'll see when we get to tweets. Um, not everyone shares that opinion. <laughs> okay, well, one,
1: one thing I really like is the people at the airport, at the doctor trying to tell them that the plane went into space. And they're like, no, it drops straight down. That doesn't yeah. make sense. I was like, yes, that's how it would go.
2: Right? Yeah, <laughs> nobody's going to be like, you know, they flew straight up into the sky into
0: space. Whereas <laughs> sometimes
1: people just take what the doctor says and run with it and this guy was like you're dumb and wrong
3: <laughs>
0: I think the I'm commandant right. was like the best character
3: yeah it's nice when the locals they're reacting naturally like yes they're standing in our way so we get frustrated like okay let's move the story along but they're they're responding the way anybody would and they're it, like it's instead of like moon base where they show up and everyone's like okay why
0: don't you go clean the bathrooms you're on the team now <laughs> <laughs> although he was very like once it was discovered that there were aliens he was very just nonchalant about it. it's like all right well we're done with that let's get back to normal he's a busy man he's running an <laughs> entire airport yes
2: he's the commandant
3: the one kind of out there thing is when the inspector shows up and he's just like I Like, we need an excuse to just get the doctor in somehow. Like, we've created this character that's not going to let him just run around and do what he wants. So they just have an inspector show up and be like, I don't know why, but I trust him. (laughs) Even though I I like the the inspector, the actor who plays him, does a great job. But it is kind of just like, uh, oh, we didn't invent the sonic screwdriver yet. We need a person to be a sonic screwdriver.
1: (laughs) I thought every episode I'm like, oh, this is the sonic screwdriver. Never is.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> but even even that character the inspector still felt like uh like reserved like he he was missing his partner and there's this guy that's also missing his friends that all have to like deal with this chameleon thing so he's just like well it's weird but maybe he's onto something and i, I don't know i kind of like that yeah maybe if they played that up a little
3: more where it's like i have nothing and this guy has something yeah like, he's the only lead or clue i've had this entire time and i just need something to latch on to but also like fucking inspectors from scotland yard get a lot of respect because he's just like anything he said this whole airport's like okay i guess it's not worth fighting cody can you just walk up to an airport and be like hey this is some guy let him do whatever he wants
2: (laughs) you can do that (laughs) once (laughs) (laughs) Jill?
5: Hi, I'm here.
2: Jill's here! Hey! Um,
5: also, the dogs haven't seen me all day, so they're insane, so I'm sorry for the growling and the bitey face and the everything that's happening.
3: That's fine. We can remove that in post. But, before we move on, out of the 156 episodes on the 50th anniversary poll, where do you think the Faceless Ones fell?
5: 58.
3: Ooh, you're two away from being closer than Sam. Uh, Sam said 60, and it's 90. Oh. Everyone else was way off.
5: (laughs) You're all bad. All the listeners. All the readers.
3: (laughs) But also, they didn't have the animation yet when they made this poll. Yeah,
5: that'd be hard. And it was
3: down 10 from the 35th anniversary poll, where it was at 80. But... Before we get your thoughts on the faceless ones, did you happen because you missed last time? Did you happen to watch the Macra Terror?
5: No. <laughs>
0: Moving on. <laughs> what, the? what are your thoughts on the faceless Hold ones, on, Alex Jill?
5: is ringing my phone. Sorry, dumb wallet.
0: I sat on my wallet and it triggered tile. <laughs> Fucking old man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, Jill, what did you think of the faceless ones?
5: I really enjoyed it. Um, Not going to lie. I really actively watched four episodes and I really passively watched the last two uh, because, you know, time crunch Mm. and stuff. But I still enjoyed all of them. Um, I really liked watching the doctor work things out in a little bit more complex of a manner. Like it really was just all doctor like doing his thing, you know, using different methods and different avenues and like just really solving a case, which was cool. Um, of course, Jamie. Everyone's talked about Jamie already. Jamie was amazing. I really liked Ben and Polly in the first two episodes. So I was sad to just see them disappear, which is different than the opinions I've heard since I popped on.
3: <laughs> it's <laughs> it's tough when companions only do a, a year, and then when we were missing so many of their episodes.
5: Especially in the first uh. story. Like I thought Polly was like pretty prominent and then i mean of course samantha filled the hole and that's good but yeah and then
3: jamie filled her hole right
5: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was sad about that i'm just giving all my thoughts at one time i guess um that's okay i loved the live action i like they were they were just super well done like i think Mm -hmm. the best we've seen as far as like uh, you were just talking about like their set was the real airport and whatnot like i i thought it was really impressive but I was really disappointed in the animation compared to the last few we've seen because I thought the animation was like really picking up, and I thought this one was like really lame and oh. didn't I didn't like the animation.
3: Well, you're really going to hate. Um, oh no, not next week, but we,
0: we've got some coming up that were done real early days. <laughs> you're not going to love those. Uh, I thought it, I thought this was similar, if not better, than Macra Terror. and I really liked Macretar for the for the animation. So probably a good thing you didn't watch it then. (laughs)
3: Yeah, actually, um, the behind the scenes on the Blu-ray is all about the animation. And it's the same team that did the Macro Terror. And because of that, they have like all the character models already. So they're able to just kind of add to it. And I mean, they have a very small team. And the way they're able to do it is like kind of really interesting. But there's nothing about the actual making of the story.
5: I think like what we talked about in previous pods was is like the set ability that you have when you're doing animation because you're not limited by the set. Yeah. And I, maybe it was because like the first and the third were live action and their set was so impressive. Um, I was just really underwhelmed by the set of the animation compared to what we've seen. The characters were good. There's nothing wrong with that.
3: I don't know if you were listening yet, but they really did shoot at Gatwick Airport. Right. And then. Basically, other than that, there's like three rooms, which are all just like sets. And I I think the um, the set for the air traffic control is actually pretty good. But I would have liked to see some of like the spaceship sets and see what that was like.
5: Yeah, that would be cool.
0: I really enjoyed the writing of the story because the doctor, like Jill said, was just trying to solve a mystery. Like something was up and no one was listening to him. And he really only solved it at the very end. Like, the bad guys completed their plan and were heading out until the very, very end. And I thought that was very interesting. Like, it wasn't a constant battle. I mean, they had run-ins, I guess, but it wasn't concrete. And the doctor wasn't really throwing wrenches in their plan until the very end, which was fun to watch. I really like when an
2: alien thinks the doctor is bluffing when he is not bluffing.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> there was there is one part here where um when when they first get or first capture the first chameleon, um, the guy who was working in air traffic control, I can't remember his name, and they're getting information out of him, and the doctor's like, In exchange for information, I will guarantee that you're not harmed. Basically saying, If you don't talk, we're gonna hurt you, <laughs> which is like Super not doctory, yeah. <laughs> but and then um, when he is hesitant in answering a question, the doctor reaches for the the weed nunchuck to <laughs> torture him, and he just like screams. He's like, "No, I swear, I'm telling the truth." It's like, "Oh, okay." So he he was gonna fucking hurt the guy.
2: He is bluffing. He knew that guy didn't have the faculties to call his bluff, so he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna push it, push it all the way up to the point." Where he would actually do something. And if the alien just held out, the doctor would have been like, ah
0: you got me. Didn't didn't the doctor actually kill that one in the in the med bay? Like took the thing off of the nurse and then the other one died?
4: No, that was him. Cause she yelled traitor, so he was he killed her. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh the, okay, okay.
3: Another fun little change in the animation. Like, they turn into a puddle of ooze in the the real story. They just disappear.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't even think about how that looks live action.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is it just like a picture of their clothes on the ground?
0: I don't know. It doesn't exist. Looking like a fool (laughs) with his pants on the ground.
4: I really love the comedy that the doctor brings to all of this as well. Of like first couple episodes of when it's just the commandant is um, like has Jamie and the doctor and there's like, all right, we're going to call the police, get him arrested and get him out of here. And the doctor's just like, when I say run, we run. And he's like, run, just runs off. And the commandant is just like. Situation changed. They made a run for it. It's like, oh, all right. And he's so calm about I, it. I,
3: <laughs> I did clock that just how super chill that dude yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> just on the phone of the police. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Oh. But that's the second when I say run, run. And uh what what was the other episode? The
4: first episode when he's like, Scatter.
3: And oh, like Power of the Daleks. Oh no, no, I mean there's another story oh. where he said when I say run, run, and then just immediately yells run. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Rose. This Doctor. No. <laughs> the real Doctor. The real first Doctor.
2: <laughs> Our Doctor. <laughs> Which not, is really the
1: ninth Doctor.
3: Not according to Jill's sister. I've been trying to get her to watch season one of Doctor Who so we could podcast about it. And she can't wait for Eccleston to be done. She's like, when is this guy not the Doctor anymore? Oh, no, no.
1: Has she watched <laughs> Old Who?
2: No. Yeah, okay. that'll show yeah. Lock her in a room. Let her know that she's actually getting that good stuff.
1: should not lock people in rooms.
2: You can. I mean, that's, that's <laughs>
1: kind of his job. Cody's job.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> perfectly legal. Under a specific set of circumstances.
4: <laughs> I enjoyed that uh, every time the Faceless Ones failed to kill the Doctor... A next one would come in and then we're like, I can do it. And just every attempt failed. Like the little device on his jacket that did nothing. The laser that would have killed only one of them. It just keeps going and going. It's like, oh, all right. No one can kill him.
0: Yeah, these guys are so fucking smart, but they can't like have the wherewithal to just pick up a nine millimeter and cap the people they want to kill. (laughs) Right. Well,
3: Jamie's from the 18th century. But, like, he is such just a bro. Like, he just rolls with everything. And apart from calling airplanes flying beasties, which is great. <laughs> when the doctor collapses, he immediately grabs that thing off his back and stomps on it. Like, he just knows. And then when they're in the photo booth, I know it's an animation. Who knows what it what it really looked like. He's like, what the fuck is this? And the doctor's like, I'll explain later. And then someone comes by. And they all just, like, turn to the camera and smile, including Jamie. <laughs> he <laughs> just knows exactly what to do. <laughs> and we got a little bit of Fraser Hines, like, actual accent when he's, when Jamie is uh, duplicated.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's uh, not super Scottish?
1: I think I like the Scottish accent.
2: Scottish is just always great.
1: It's just different. And I've become Doctor accustomed. Who, we, get the,
2: uh, we get the English accent in every single episode. Yeah, of it's, it's vanilla. Many now. varieties. <laughs> Although most of our doctors are Scottish <laughs> these
3: days. <laughs> Need more of
2: the Scottish We got
3: McCoy, Tennant, Capaldi, and now Shooty.
2: Oh, I didn't know he was Scottish. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Why? Don't know why. Yeah. Okay. I, just, I don't know. Just go Scotland. Fucking. <laughs> Look at him go. I'm just proud of him. You know? Can't you just be proud of the Scots? Oh
1: my gosh, stop
2: talking.
3: <laughs> oh, everyone be quiet. Let's see how long he goes for <laughs> This reminds
4: me of a story. Oh no.
3: <laughs> Easy
4: uh, tortle. All about how. <laughs> Question though. Um, Wait. Sam? Are we open for questions? No, not yet. Dang it. Ooh. Sorry, Terry. So, <laughs>
3: in um... <laughs>
4: I I've got nothing. Okay, quick, ask, <laughs> ask your question. Now's the moment. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they talked about, like, the host or the original. Like, if it had died, like, it, there was a t- period of time of, like, when they would have passed. Like, would they have still kept their form? If the host died? Yeah, because someone had, if it was, like, the inspector or the director in the timeship uh, had said... Um, Like, with time, like, uh, being in these new forms, like, the original would have just passed, and they would have just had that copy or something.
1: They had to, like, suck the energy source.
4: That's what it was. Okay.
3: Yeah. It takes time to, like, achieve full form. But, like, first of all, the hiding spot, super great. Putting just it? in the parking lot. A car. No, that was sarcasm. Like, mafia oh,
2: okay. I was in like, a
3: car, and like, the like,
2: sun's probably really hot. A
1: hundred people <laughs> sitting in their cars in a parking lot.
3: But also, it's not a hundred people. It was fifty thousand people.
4: No, no. That, what? Twenty-five. No, no, twenty-five no. people. Twenty-five. We got half.
0: Okay. Because of fifty thousand. So twenty-five thousand people. No, they no. took the thousands, miniaturized, but the only Onto ones the that ship. they. That they left were the copies of the people,
3: yeah. So, they have 50,000 people miniaturized. They have four airplanes, they do eight trips a day. If they... You know, these airplanes, they're short trips. They're just going to Italy, Spain, Amsterdam. What
1: kind of regulations... Do they have that they did not notice this?
3: They would have been doing this for two months. Like, it would take 60 days to get up to 50,000 people, assuming, like, 100 to 120 people on an airplane. Because, you know, back then they, were like, had room, they could lounge out, they weren't crammed in.
0: Yeah. Wasn't that the plan, though? Like, it was just
3: a summer thing? Young people had been missing for months. Yeah. And nobody put it together except for this one young woman whose brother had been missing for, like,
0: a day. <laughs> <laughs> the original inspector was there inspecting this exact thing. The, like, the dead body. That was the first inspector. He was assigned this case for this reason. And then they took him. Well, they killed yeah, him. Yeah, electrified. Yeah. Forcibly and- took him. Like, he got he got <laughs> evidence and was running out, and then they shot him with a ray, ray gun.
3: Pew, pew, pew!
0: Thanks, Sam.
2: Sam is <laughs> the automatopoeia. Uh, uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, you know, in the myriad of ways you can do a base under siege, this is kind of one of my favorites. Like, the the hey, you're already have been taken over. And you just don't know it. And like everything seems normal. And the doctor has to convince everybody that there's something going on. Yeah, that's a cool setup. I agree. Alex, you mentioned the writing earlier. Um, You know, this is two writers, David Ellis and Malcolm Hulk. David Ellis, this is his only Doctor Who contribution. Oh, man. Malcolm Hulk will be one of the most significant Doctor Who writers of all time. Uh, He has eight more stories through the 70s. That are just all fucking bangers. Like he's he's it when it comes to like 70s Doctor Who. So we'll we'll get a lot more Malcolm Hulk in the future. Nice. Yeah, just it cut was off incredible. the first three
2: episodes. And then do like <laughs> 10 minutes of dialogue.
3: Well, in the original version of this, they presented this to the script editor uh during the first doctor's tenure, Hartnell. And it was going to be take place like in a in a department store, and it was basically about aliens that can shapeshift and take over humans. And they they liked it, but they weren't they didn't really know what to do. And so they had them change it to an airport. They wanted to extend it, and they had to add
2: Jamie to it. Because of course you have to add Jamie. And not only did they <laughs> add Jamie, they're like we're gonna add Jamie and we're gonna add this chick Mac and Jamie. Yeah, Jamie getting some action. Straight up, like, one kiss, toss it. Yeah, not even two just Two kisses. Two like, kisses, yeah. Also two kisses, yeah. But he was like, "Uh, he took that kiss, my guy."
1: He took that kiss and that ticket.
2: Boom. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that kill was right. Yeah. What a did high. she think his hand was doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> two two kisses. That's like second base. Right? Grabbing a prophylactic,
2: obviously. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just <laughs> just right there in the chameleon tours
0: kiosk yeah
3: dude it's vacation central
0: <laughs> when the kilts come when the kilts are rocking don't come a knocking
3: <laughs> oh man can you imagine those flights with all those 20 to 25 year olds just just rearing to go oh yeah it fucking 1967 just like moments away from the summer of love at
2: the peak of mile high club popularity
0: (laughs) just get to amsterdam start doing fat lines of blow and then just going hard blow
4: (laughs) (laughs) so the animation at the very end when ben is saying goodbye to uh jamie as well for some reason his arm like reaches out towards like jamie's crotch like it's like Ben, what are you doing? <laughs> for some reason, who went for, for a handshake, there, no, yeah. That's why there was no arm like shaking at all. It was just like grab and like have fun with the doctor, and just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> just give him the old tug. <laughs> <laughs> well, for for the sake of
3: authenticity, he didn't say have fun with the doctor. He said take care of the doctor,
2: <laughs> which is kind of a unique spin here because ain't hey, nobody do shit but the doctor. The doctor took care of the doctor here, boys.
3: But Jamie's different. Everyone knows it. They're like, this dude is just going to fight everything. Like, we thought Ian had a bloodlust. <laughs> you
2: guys ain't seen shit yet. I haven't, well, I haven't seen Jamie just fucking off a dude. So.
1: He killed the laser machine.
2: It's he, okay. <laughs> he killed the laser machine. But Ian <laughs> won. It's Jamie, a sacrifice
1: he'll have zero. to make.
2: I'm gonna take the chance, Doctor. You could hear it in his voice, where he was just like, "Her name was Samantha, right? Yeah." -hmm. Yeah, He's just like, "Why
1: can't you
5: not remember that?"
2: Because there's a (laughs) Polly as well.
5: Never heard that name before. Weird. And you're
2: uh, you're married to a (laughs) Polly. I am not married to a Samantha. You can't call her Samantha. She'll look at you funny until you correct yourself. I'm married to a Sam anyway (laughs) Jamie was just like shut up I got it like chill I can move my hand you can barely move your mouth well she could move her hand too she could move her whole body she was faking it she just didn't want to
0: save them
1: that whole scene I I love
0: yeah it was I love how it like they magically are able to move immediately after the, Mm -hmm. the threat is gone
4: also that freezing pen Confused me. It was like, does it just turn things to ice, or is it just really cold, or does it actually have like a stunning capability as well? Like, I couldn't understand what was sci-fi, maybe multi-purpose. That thing was. Yes. Okay. Cool. Does all that. Also, how did they lose the TARDIS? Someone. That's
1: for the next episode.
4: Oh well, still like. What happened to airport security here? <laughs> oh, no, that's on par with airport security. Oh, okay. It's
5: not an airplane. Yeah. They don't care.
1: <laughs> do In they, fact, give do us, they call
5: into air traffic control?
1: Give us $75 a day or your vehicle will be gone. <laughs> In
5: fact, they probably should steal the TARDIS more often. Like, how do you just land
1: your shit wherever you want, not get stolen? Ray also, punishes, remember how man. the TARDIS is supposed to be like, not movable?
3: No, it gets moved all the time.
1: Yeah, it's I moved
2: know.
3: all the time.
2: Yeah, by a crane <laughs> behind the scenes, but not in canon.
1: By a helicopter in the air?
2: That's In smooth. the
3: second New Who story, a bunch of little blue people just push it around like it's on wheels. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, they're and magical, unit, Jake. Unit moves it around <laughs> all the time, too.
2: That's also like UNIT, though. It's a whole-ass organization designated to assist the doctor. Like, these people aren't airport staff. <laughs> That's where they started. Yeah, and they never will be. Jake <laughs> out here starting the union.
3: So, uh, one fun thing about this story that we don't get very often in 62, there are three women with speaking parts.
2: Oh, does that's this pass insane. the doll test? Oh, the nurse.
3: Oh, I was
0: like, what's no. the test?
3: No. No. None of the women speak to each other. No. So no, it does Wait. not. Wait, no, 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 there's four women. Well, I, I, I besides a, the companions, and I'm kind of counting Samantha as a companion here.
4: Oh, so we're just doing nurse secretary Samantha. And the flight attendant, faceless one. Oh, shit, that's right. right. Huh.
3: She has lines. She does. She does. Had lines. So the secretary <laughs> lady is really good. She's pretty famous. Went on to have a really big career. Lots of TV and movies and plays. Uh, she's also Benedict Cumberbatch's mom.
2: Oh my what? god. Thank you for your right. service. No way. <laughs> you brought us Doctor Strange. And also Smog. And more. most importantly, Sherlock. And wait, eh? How dare! Okay.
3: <laughs> Mute his like microphone. The,
1: the movie or the show or the or series show. or the which the one? The show oh, written
3: okay. by Stephen Moffat while he was writing Doctor Who.
1: Mm, that seems something that would be half ass then.
3: No, it's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's really you good. watch your goddamn mouth. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if anything, Doctor Who suffered. <laughs> <laughs> I will
1: not argue with you. Just kidding, I don't remember what season it was. It's probably great.
4: Right after she was a lot of dude.
3: seasons, so they did like four seasons of Sherlock, but every season was three 90-minute episodes.
2: We've seen the first two episodes.
1: We have?
3: Yeah, yeah they're great.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs>
3: Speaking of women of note, the woman that plays Sam, who declined a contract to stay on went on to be pretty successful. She had a one woman show that was very popular that got turned into a movie. I can't remember the name of it, but she was nominated for an Oscar in 1989. She also appears picture that face and then big old cheeks. She appears in new who in a very prominent role in one episode. Can anybody name it? Think, think about what she looks like. You guys didn't see her because you didn't watch the live action. <laughs> I'm
1: thinking real hard from the so animated
3: Jill and Jill and Alex. <laughs> she picture her as an old woman, a mere forty, almost exactly forty years later.
4: So I've even pulled her up on Wikipedia, and I can't think of the episode she was in.
1: <laughs> you said big cheeks, and all I can think of is the adipose.
2: What was her name? We'll look her up.
3: It's season two. It's David Tennant and Billy Piper. It's Alex's favorite episode. Tooth and Claw? Oh, Oh, Was she she the queen? Was she the queen? She's Queen Victoria in
0: Tooth and Claw. Oh,
4: she totally is. Oh my god, yeah.
0: I would not have guessed that.
3: That's cool. To return to a show you're on at one time 40 years later and... Just be on it again. Very sick. And a memorable part. Like people really like um Samantha in this story. And of course she's awesome as Queen Victoria in Tooth and Claw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to do some tweets? Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Jill. <laughs>
5: Someone answered. <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> Why answer more when one answer do trick?
3: so mrs j was nice enough to retweet us so we got a couple new people um amy at spencer tracy fan says i don't like how this is polly and ben's last episode and they're barely in it i agree it's a bummer same um And I didn't say it before, but they only shot the first two episodes and then that final scene was shot in advance. They were smart this time instead of doing the Dodo thing where it's just like, oh yeah, did you hear Dodo called and left a message that she's just not going to come back?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious.
3: And then uh, Deb Jones at Spencer Road 2 says, love this. This is where we first get the Jamie Doctor dynamics showing through. And then Mrs. McGriffin and Mrs. J. McCrimmon says the airport boss steals every scene he's in, at least in the animated version. It's a shame Ben and Polly are pushed out here, but the Dr. Jamie dynamic is fire. And then she put a picture of the the scene where the doctor and Jamie are hiding behind newspapers. It is funny. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Jamie yeah, I- has the paper upside down. I- <laughs> yeah,
1: I am ready for this. For what? The dynamic Doctor and Jamie. duo.
3: Yeah. And uh we've we've mentioned him a little bit here and there, but yes, the, the airport commandant was excellent. And I'm going to assume that Terry is going to tell us the actor's name right now. Colin Gordon. Thank you, Terry. It's about time you produce something.
2: <laughs> 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 Boom.
3: Mm-hmm. I try. <laughs> Uh, BT Flibdigigget at Your Cool 91 says, The first story by my best friend, Malcolm Hulk. <laughs> I don't think I need to say who my MVP is this story. Hulk is such an interesting writer and will only get more interesting, especially in season seven. He's an ex member of the literal Communist Party. I, I was going to eventually bring that up. Oh. A resolutely <laughs> empathetic humanist and generally a writer who tends to refuse easy black and white stories in favor in favor of a more multifaceted approach. Faceless Ones is more simplistic than, say, and uh, she names a few stories we'll get to eventually, Silurians and Colony in Space. But the setup for the chameleons is classic Hulk, people with a deeply sympathetic problem who choose a flawed or evil solution with the Doctor trying to find a way to negotiate a different approach that will both help those with the problem and prevent unnecessary harm, that it's a rompy banger with plenty of great Jamie moments is just a bonus. Hell yeah. Huge Lots of love for the Hulkster.
1: Rompy banger.
3: (laughs) So yeah, I I listened to a couple different podcasts today uh, to see if there's anything I can learn, and um, one of them said that Malcolm Hulk tried to evade World War II as a conscientious objector. Failed. Was conscripted into the military. uh, Met a lot of Russians during his time serving. And uh, really really liked them Russians and became a communist. Which had different connotations back then. (laughs) Our porridge. (laughs) But, but, But just an... Just an, became an open, (laughs) became an open member of the communist party. Anyway, in
1: The Last of Us, where they talk about how the community is communist, and he's like, "No, it's not," and she's like, "No, we literally are." (laughs)
3: Yeah, (laughs) love that. He just immediately box that. He's like, "No," or his wife says, "No, this is a commune. We're communists. (laughs) That's (laughs) what that word means."
1: (laughs) So funny.
3: Alex, fucking watch The Last of Us, you asshole. <laughs> oh,
1: man, it's so good.
3: <laughs> um, Ode underscore at Ode underscore says, I have a soft spot for this one. The Jamie and True relationship really comes to the fore, and the concept is really interesting. I just wish Ben and Polly had more to do in their final story instead of vanishing halfway, then having perhaps the most convenient companion exit in who?
2: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty manufactured-
3: It is pretty cool. It's like, hold on, this is the day we left. (laughs) Like
2: we could just go home, right? You could see how they'd be tempted. I suppose, given Doctor's track record of finding a time and place, it's not likely they'd make it back. and,
3: And we haven't gotten to a point yet where the Doctor has exhibited any ability to go anywhere on purpose. Like that all comes later. This is still just kind of we're just flipping the switch and seeing what happens.
0: Like, how long were they on the TARDIS? In their eyes, was it just one year? Um, i w- I would assume so. That, like, cause you know, during this
3: time, the stories are kind of flowing into each other, so you could assume that, like, it's the same amount of time as what we're experiencing. Okay. But then there's some like, um, like Mac or Terror takes six weeks to watch, or four? Was it four parts? Takes four weeks to watch, but I think there's only two days in the story.
1: Okay, I get that they don't want to go with the Doctor anymore, but the TARDIS is missing. Maybe help them find it?
3: Ah, They fuck didn't em. know that. <laughs> the Doctor didn't tell them that.
1: He said it right there.
3: He said, Doctor, where? what are we doing? And he goes, oh, we're going to the TARDIS. And they're like, "Uh, we don't want to do that. Then they left.
1: What were they like? Let's go down the block... And get some pizza. <laughs> I I know the best pizza place in town.
3: Well, maybe because the doctor just goes, you better hurry, the commandant's car is waiting. How does he know that? He's just making shit up. He's just like, all right, nerds, get the fuck out of here. Like, I offered you the, <laughs> the universe, and you're being real bitches about it. <laughs> James at James Swift 95 says, it's the first second doctor story I found difficult to watch due to it being so boring.
2: <laughs> However, I liked the animation wow
1: first three episodes are pretty boring first
2: three episodes were truly a testament to our ability to maintain
3: this series wildly disagree there there's there's more focus in those first three on like being from the bad guys point of view and like seeing how their operation runs but like That's the good stuff, man.
2: That's what an old, boring-ass series
3: is. And nothing to do with anything. Blow something up. (laughs) It's building the mystery of what's going on. Because they never just say what they're doing, but they show what the bad guys are doing. Like, physically, but they're not.
1: It's not building if it's a drag.
3: (laughs) You're a drag. (laughs) 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 The only acceptable response. Janelle Hobbs of J. Christine H. says, What I love about this story is that it is almost a reverse Space Under Siege, with the Doctor and Jamie being the intruders. I also think it's overlooked as a great serial for the second Doctor, with Troughton acting superbly throughout. The first episode is a great example of the difference between Classic Who and New Who. Here, the Doctor has to try and talk his way out of trouble, whereas in New Who, he would have just flashed the psychic paper. Hey, that's what I said. Good job, Janelle. As for the villains, they are suitably creepy IMO and well acted by all involved. And the back and forth we get to see between the villain's plot and the doctor trying to investigate slash foil them is mostly well done pacing wise. Although it could have been an episode shorter. Finally, companion exits. I think it's nice to have companions that leave willingly and without trauma or suddenly being ditched. But it does suck that Ben and Polly don't get strong moments to go out on since they spend most of the story missing or replaced. Michael Craze said he wanted to go out on a heroic sacrifice, which, despite my above statement on exits, probably would have been fitting. Ben and Polly were constantly throwing themselves into danger to save each other, but then Polly's exit, if if Ben had died, would have been super depressing. So in the end, it's nice to think that they had a wonderful life together after traveling with the doctor.
0: And to their point, I never felt so hard for the doctor when he's just like, There's a dead body, and they're like, yeah, 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 where are your papers? (laughs) It's so frustrating. You felt hard? Like, I felt for him. Like, oh, man, that's so frustrating. There wasn't anything on this DVD. I didn't
3: go rewatch the MythMakers interviews. There's one with Ben Craze. There's one with uh, Annika Wills. I believe that she might have gotten an offer to sign on for a number, another year, and he did not. But as we discussed before, she bails and just disappears and goes and lives in India in an ashram and has like her best life.
0: Well, and they had Jamie, so they didn't need Ben.
3: Yeah, but it's kind of a bummer to be like, <laughs> we had you on this show, and then we really liked this other boy, so we signed him on, but like... The girl's real pretty, so maybe we should see if she wants to stay on. Yeah. And you're fine. You're a little short, but... <laughs> <laughs> a little over-acty, but, you know. <laughs> hey, I maintain he's the best actor out of the three of them. Yeah, probably. Nah. Jamie's
0: pretty good, though. <laughs>
3: well, he gets more to do. Yeah. Alex? What's up? Give me the fun fact scene song episode three which we have was returned to the BBC in 1987 by a private collector who bought it at a film fair the film reel was very badly damaged according to him is because he watched it constantly
1: <laughs> just
3: about 20 20-
1: episode
3: he loved it Hell yeah. He he, he had another episode, which we will talk about next time. (laughs) But uh, he. There's about 20 seconds of it that were like really badly damaged. So you guys didn't watch the live action, but there's parts where just all of a sudden, for like two seconds, it will just zoom in really hard on somebody's face. (laughs) And that's because like the outer edges of the film are so damaged, they couldn't show like the whole thing. So they just like zoom in. Mm. And then I swear there's one part where. They just, like, they do the zoom in, but just, like, replay one second of a guy's reaction while somebody else is talking. Because they have the audio, but just certain bits of the the film were just, like,
0: trash. But they got it put together. How does... So, like, the film is the video. How do they get audio and film? How does film work? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're two different tracks. <laughs> so he had... He had the audio as well, or just watched. No, the BBC had the audio for
3: everything. Oh. BBC has always had all the audio.
1: Yeah, the guy just looked it up on the internet while he played the video. <laughs> yep,
3: in 1987, <laughs> yeah. he looked
0: it up on the internet.
1: Obviously.
0: Like, can Watch you just wire. can you just request audio to like play along to a video you have? How, you know, how does that it, work? <laughs>
3: That thought never crossed my mind, and it's never going to again. I don't (laughs) want to think about it. Um, Starting with episode two, we got a new version of the theme. Did anybody notice?
1: May have skipped them after the first one.
3: (laughs) Um, This theme will remain the theme with little tweaks here and there until 1980.
0: Great. What was the tweak? It was just his face, yeah. right?
4: Well, or was it, was like, before, the
3: animation? That's been going for a or while. Th- they changed the song, Alex. Ooh.
4: So Alex is gonna have to change his song? Yeah,
3: I didn't notice. <laughs> In the animation, episodes one and six, when the police officers are getting on their bikes, like, outside on the runway, there's posters on the wall behind them. Wanted posters, I believe. A bad wolf. One of them is of Roger Delgado, the first person to play the Master, and one of them is of Sasha Dewan, the most recent person to play the Master. There's also one uh, of the Meddling Monk.
0: I was going to say, I I, I paused on one, get a shift on, and I I thought it was the Monk, but I couldn't really make sure, I couldn't tell. Sam, there is a scene after the
3: first time we see a faceless one transform into the human form where they show an eye chart. On that eye chart is the words Bad Wolf.
1: Aha, knew I was there somewhere.
3: There was a Magpie <laughs> Electric, too. There was a Magpie Electric in episode 6. Um, There's an ad in the newspaper that the Doctor and Jamie are hiding behind that says Marinus Padlocks. And the newspapers are the Mill Hill Times, a reference to the writer, or sorry, the director, Jerry Mill.
1: Madness padlock.
0: Yeah, it's that is perfect. <laughs> Sam is on an eight second delay. <laughs> I, w- I was also thinking that is perfect. It's That's so good.
1: the best.
2: Like, is the joke because the episode's called The Keys of Meredith? Yeah.
1: You got it.
2: Well, it's not really a joke. It's just kind of a reference.
3: It's great. <laughs> I, I don't know why Sam's laughing. It's so good.
1: It's hilarious. It's so
2: good. High quality.
3: Um, There are also a bunch of newspapers throughout the story that you see, like on people's desks and things, that say War Machines Defeated. That was because that was Ben and Polly's first story, and that took place earlier this day.
0: Was the War Machines, uh, or sorry, was that actually, do you think that was in the live action, like actually prop work? I know that it was not. Oh.
3: Uh, the other changes we've already talked about. Um I have been kind of checking out the ratings just to see where we're at. Um episode one, eight point zero million. Episode two, six point four, pretty big drop. I, was uh, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I looked up like events of that day. Um France won a big rugby tournament against Ireland. Maybe people were watching that.
1: Boo France.
3: Um, it was pretty much just raining and shitty every single day of April in the UK, because it's just raining and shitty there every day. Uh, so that wasn't why. Episode 3 bumped back up to 7.9, so must have been a particularly shitty day. No one could go outside. 6.9 for episode 4, 7.1 for episode 5. Yeah, there's five. the climb. <laughs> and then back up to 8.0 yep, for the final episode. It makes
1: sense, Jake.
3: first episode and last always going to get bigger viewers because people want to see what happens and what it's going to be about hey terry hey what um i will now allow you two minutes to uh say some bullshit
4: okay um yeah really wish i would have seen the faceless ones uh in like live action rather than just drawing um that would have been super fun. I do find it slightly odd. Like I get like their faces all burned up and stuff like that, but why they weren't just called chameleons like the whole time, that's what they were. Unless this is legit, like
3: I believe fandom kind of refers to them as chameleons.
4: Yeah. But it almost sounds like this is like a new scientific way to help save their race from their planet uh taking a hit. Uh so odds are is like they'll either continue with this idea with another planet that they find or um, try a whole new way to survive. Um, it would be super interesting to see if these guys come back at all with new who, but they don't. Yeah. I <laughs> I mean, well, you yeah, see it all of new, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But like future stuff, who knows? Maybe they'll make a comeback. Yeah. They're, they were super fun. They're all super smart for what they, could be and then the reference of like humans are as smart as our animals and like it was just funny with jamie's (laughs) like reaction to that too but yeah i thought it was great all around i just gave it a terrible score because i thought people didn't like using their imaginations
3: I think people prefer ones that are missing over ones that exist. Because <laughs> they have, gives them the idea of Doctor Who in their soul instead of what it actually was <laughs> at times.
1: It's like eating fast food. It sounds like the most amazing thing. And then you go and actually get it and you regret all of your decisions.
0: <laughs>
4: but for the women in this, I thought the secretary... Was super awesome. Like she was helping the doctor left and right underneath the commandant's nose, yep. and she was. She felt like she was running that place. More, more of Terry him. liking
3: the good guys, hating the bad
4: guys. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, honestly, Samantha was getting on my nerves. I was so happy she did not turn into a. Companion. Oh, I like Samantha. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope, <laughs> I was. I was so happy when. Her and Jamie split. It was like, yes, good. Ah, uh, yes,
1: it's because uh, it was threatening to Terry that. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. a strong, a strong female character.
4: <laughs> How dare she!
3: <laughs> hey Terry. Um. Hey, what? Uh, enough out of you. Who is oh. your MVP?
4: <laughs> My MVP is Patrick Troughton.
3: Huzzah! Jill.
5: Dr. Who. <laughs>
3: Jill, I realize <laughs> you haven't talked in a really long time. Is there anything yeah. we didn't hit that you want to talk about?
5: Nah, I shared all my thoughts right away. <laughs> in and out. Yep.
0: Uh Alex. I'm giving it to the writers. Say their names. The Hulk. Mr. Writer and the Hulk. <laughs> Oh, I do have a
5: question. Come back to me.
3: Okay, it is David Ellis, whose real name is David Kirkham. His pseudonym, writing pseudonym, is David Ellis, and Malcolm Hulk. Hey, Jill, I feel like you have something else.
5: (laughs) I'm I'm available for like I can ask questions, right? Oh yeah. To me, yes. Okay, so
3: only Terry can't. I want to say episode (laughs) two-ish,
5: maybe the doctor's like trying to like get in the room to find the you know hidden man oh yeah and he refers to his patients like as if he's a doctor how often is he gonna refer to himself as a real doctor because i don't love that
3: it doesn't happen as much as you would think like you would think just people running around calling someone doctor would cause more people to mistake them for a medical doctor it doesn't really happen
1: wasn't he a doctor of cheese one time
3: oh yes But just the fact that a huge chunk of this story takes place in a medical bay, like, it's just going to come up.
5: Yeah, it's acceptable. I'm just like, but do we have to do that? So I'm glad to hear it's not, like, a common occurrence.
3: Yeah. Sam?
1: I'm going to go with Samantha so she doesn't come back.
3: Pauline Collins. Queen Victoria herself. Cody?
2: Jamie McCrayman. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, I'm tempted
3: to go with Blade, Donald Pickering, who has been has been or will be in Doctor Who again. He was he was Isen in Keys of Marinus. He's Blade in this, and he will be in an 80s story as well. Tempted to go with him, but instead I'm going with the Commandant. Colin Gordon. Everybody's favorite. Like, he's just, like... I kind of said the same thing about the guy in the moon base. Like, it's so hard to be, like, the foil to the Doctor without coming off as a prick. And just to seem natural. And obviously having a good script helps, but it's it's a really hard character to play And to do it with any kind of grace is, like, just super impressive. It is now the point where I tell you guys about next time. Ooh. I'm super excited for next time because this is one of two stories coming up in the Second Doctor's era that I have not seen. It has since come out in animated form. There is one live action episode. Episode 2. It is a seven-parter.
0: Hell for... yeah.
3: <laughs> and it is called The Evil of the Daleks. The only Dalek story I've ever seen other except for the other one. Dalek Master Plan. <laughs> one of two Dalek episodes I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. I was expecting some kind of reaction out of getting the Daleks back. Two Dalek stories in one season—the premiere and the finale.
0: So this wasn't available when we did Brothers. So it's like new, 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 new. Nice. I can
3: actually answer still that. Still old.
4: And there's only one episode. You said that's live action.
3: Episode two, but all seven okay. episodes were animated, both in color and black and white. But the Blu-ray, which I have, does have episode two. I'm assuming I will be able to purchase the episode on Amazon like I did for this one, so you guys can watch it, but will not get the live-action episode two. But again, these are all available illegally on the internet. (laughs) Just go (laughs) find them. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this came out in September 2021, Alex, so maybe just after we did Uh, our Dalek
2: stories. Yeah. Anyway, everyone feel mm. good. I mean, besides my missing teeth, yeah. yeah. I'm tired. Feel Why like are you missing teeth?
1: The ones he had removed.
2: Oh right.
3: The ones, <laughs> the, the teeth, ones that are the missing. Teeth meant for Cusco, Cusco's <laughs> The ones teeth. that are missing on purpose. <laughs> right. Alex, stop this has been married to who our episode on the faceless ones if you'd like to participate with us you can do so by following us on twitter married to who pod If you want to listen to any episodes you could do so spotify google play apple podcasts if you want to listen to anything other than the most recent 100 episodes you can do so on our website married to who.com on behalf of myself jake cody sam jill alex producer terry Thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for Evil of
0: the Dollar. <laughs>